Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan and I'm here again with Derek and Tony. Uh, we're both, wait, all of us, all three of us are really excited for the NBA Finals coming up. Uh, game 1 starts tomorrow. Of course, we have the Golden State Warriors going up against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are coming off of a um, big win against the Heat, and the Warriors uh, handled their business. They've had some days to rest um, in their series against the Mavericks. So let's first just recap um, both of those conference semifinals, um, or conference finals. What do you guys think about, let's start with the Warriors-Mavs. Um, we talked a little bit about this last podcast, but what's your key takeaways from what the Warriors did right? and what they can continue to do um, in this new matchup with the Celtics. Uh, I think first off, just isolating the Mavericks' best player, I mean, Luka, and sort of playing really, really good defense on him, you know, doubling him, giving him tough looks and different looks with the Warriors' versatile defenders. Um, I think the Warriors' offense is also really potent. Their motion offense, where they move around a lot, is very difficult to defend, and I think that's a trend we'll see continuing to the finals. Yeah, I have to agree. The Warriors system seems to be working. Their offense is able to consistently generate points. They've had, uh, I believe, f- at least five players averaging above 10 points per game, which just is a testament to their depth. I also think we saw a much better perimeter defense in that series than much better than the Suns. Um, they were able to shut down some of the Mavs' streaky shooters and uh, especially <clears throat> did a good job in some of the home games and kept up their streak of winning a lot of home games in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the Warriors... I'll agree with both of you guys. The Warriors just were the better team. They had more options to go to. Um, Curry was outstanding. Clay was really good in Game 6. Um, and the rest of the supporting cast, including Looney, were monstrous. So that was the more boring conference finals. Let's go on to the really exciting ending in the Heat-Celtics. And this is pretty controversial, I feel like. The, the Jimmy Butler shot at the end of the game down by 2 with, I think, 20 seconds left, he ends up pulling up for a three and missing missing it off the uh, front of the rim. Do you guys think that was a good shot for him to take? Um, I mean, would if, if you're coaching that team, are you are you telling him to do the same thing, or do you want to, like, try to use some more time and actually get a shot at the hoop? Uh, I think I'll I, – I guess I would – if I had Jimmy, I'd probably take that shot. I mean, he's probably the best player in the Heat, and I think everyone on the floor – uh, seems to know that. Seems like he was the clear, uh, if they were to win, seems like he'd be the clear candidate for an Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere that he shot around 47% from that particular spot in transition threes. and Or not that spot, just tra- in transition uh, threes generally. Uh, it was for the lead. Uh, he trusted in himself. I don't know. That's not really much else to say. I know people might have differing opinions, but... Um, personally, I actually think that it was not a great shot for a variety of reasons. First off is that Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's you know, like primary strength is his ability to attack the basket and finish in the paint. He's going at a backpedaling Al Horford, um, and it seems like he'd be able to either A, draw a foul, or just finish um, two and then go, go to overtime. I mean, certainly there's like a lot of concerns with like how the Heat would perform in overtime, but I think that that's like a, probably a better option. And the other reason I think that it was not great is because even if he makes that three, he's leaving, you know, 15 seconds for the Celtics with a timeout. Gives them enough, sufficient time to drop a play um, and, and sort of score on their own. And so I think at the moment, you know, like I understand why he took the shot. It's like a dagger. It's a legendary shot if he makes it. But I don't think in the grand scheme of things, it's a great shot. Yeah, I think I would have I would have instructed him to, like, take it to the hoop, too. Because he was drawing a lot of fouls. He was 
I mean, if you look back in the play, he basically has a one-on-one matchup. Um, it's like with his driving ability and strength, I feel like he could have easily either drawn a foul at the rim or just gotten a blow by, and then you tie the game up, and then you just let the game extend from there. Instead of basically you miss that shot, you lose the game. Mm-hmm. And so Jimmy's a great player. Um, he had, like, that was an open look, probably like one of the more open threes he could get at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's just it's one of those shots that Heat fans are going to, basically be torn up about because if that shot goes in the narrative is completely changed maybe the heat are taking on the Warriors in the finals instead but let's talk a little bit more about the Celtics and what uh, they were able to do to close out that series Uh, I just want to read a stat real quick because um, I saw here that the Celtics start off the season 23 and 24 which is pretty incredible to see where they are now because um, I mean usually teams who struggle uh, at the beginning of the season um, and not able to like surmount a run in the playoffs like this, but obviously they have turned stuff around in the playoffs. I mean, part of that is the emergence of Marcus Smart as a primary ball handler, which we'll get into a little bit later, but another part of it is just guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just taking over games, and of course they shortened the rotation a little bit, but what else do you guys see from the Celtics in this really hard-fought series with the Heat? Could you guys take away? I think that you know, one reason for the emergence of the Celtics and why they were so successful is that the players were able to just find their role on the team, and so people aren't trying to do too much. So Smart is becoming more of a, a pass, a passer and like a, a playmaker first off. Tatum is becoming more of a facilitator, you know, understanding when to pass the ball, when to skip it to the other side to create open looks. Um, you know, Brown knows what to do, and so I think that they're playing better as a team, which is particularly important um, in these like hard-fought series because they're better able to create and generate open looks, and also play a really solid team defense. Mm-hmm. And their stars have also been doing a great job. Uh, I saw stats today that in the fourth quarter that they both lead the league in terms of points in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, Jalen being number one with 63, and Tatum being two with 54, and Jalen with 67% uh, field goal percentage in the fourth quarter, which is really a testament to how they're both doing phenomenal jobs, the first and second options, and leading this team to the conference finals and proving that the energy really has shifted and should not split them up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw like a lot of grit from the Celtics team. Mm-hmm. They basically took all of the Heat's punches, and um, for the most part, except in like a few blowouts, they are able to kind of punch back. And especially in Game 7, I mean, they were leading basically that entire game. Um, really big performances from Brown. They got some good minutes from Robert Williams. They... We're like they looked injured, but so did the Heat, and I think it's just a testament to how well that team's coached and like the culture. <laughs> we haven't said we haven't like talked about culture. I feel like that's what we would have talked about if we did more time on like the Celtics Heat matchup. But um, the Celtics are doing something right, and I'm pretty sure they're favored now in this series against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's a good segue to go into our predictions for that series and kind of break down each of the matchups, but. Before game one, like what what are we seeing in this matchup for both teams, and how do you feel like maybe like name a few players who could really change the outcome of, of the series? Okay, for me personally, I feel like, I think that this series, um, you know, lies in the hands of Kevon Looney and Andrew Wiggins, um, just as Wiggins first off as a you know a defensive player against both Tatum and Brown, we know that he has he's had a really large impact in the Mavs series and other series, um, and I expect that to continue into the finals. Uh, and, and as for Looney, um, I mean, the Celtics have really prolific offensive rebounders, 
I feel like Looney will need to take a, a big step in, you know, in securing those rebounds and making sure that the Celtics don't get those second chance opportunities that are so lethal. I think another big player for the Warriors of the series is uh, Jordan Poole as, as uh, necessary for some points off the bench and also some maybe like a spark plug that can facilitate offense and garbage time. Uh, if he does a good job off the bench, it could really put the Celtics in a tough position because they'll either require to play maybe some of their more defensive guards for more extended minutes, like maybe they'll keep Jalen Brown in if Pritchard can't keep up, for example. But uh, I think the Warriors' depth is definitely going to be important because it's part of how their system runs, and I think it'll be important for how the series uh, yeah. outcomes. I'm, I'm also, from the Warriors' standpoint, I'm also looking at their depth, specifically on the wings, because when you play the Celtics, you have like two of the best wing offensive players um, in the NBA. You really need to have bodies to throw at them. Like, they have guys like Wiggins, Kaminga, Moody. I mean, Moody is a guy that I feel like people really don't talk about um, because he hasn't done much in the other series, but I feel like he might have a bigger role, especially if they, let's say, Wiggins gets in foul trouble guarding Tatum or one of those guys picks up a few early fouls. They need to go to the bench there. Um, but another guy from, from the Warriors' perspective that I feel like is a real X factor is you mentioned him, Kevon Looney. One of the main reasons why the Warriors were so good against the Mavericks was because they were – outstanding on the offensive boards. I mean, you had Curry getting like 11 boards a game, which is kind of crazy. Like, yeah, that like game two or something. But Looney is a huge part of why they put so much pressure on the rim on the offensive side of the floor. And so it's a lot harder going up against a guy like Robert Williams versus like Maxi Kleba or like Powell um, on the Mavericks. But I'm looking for how Looney and Robert Williams really battle on the glass. I think that's going to be an underrated part of this series. A lot of people are talking about like, Curry versus Marcus Smart or like Tatum and Wiggins but I feel like one of the most overlooked battles is going to be Robert Williams against Looney in both the shot blocking aspect and the um, rebounding aspect now we talked a little about the Warriors Um, what about the Celtics who are some guys that you think like if the Celtics end up having a really good series and winning the finals um, who would you say yeah of course this guy ended up playing a really great series all around and this could be someone also that's not talked about as much like it doesn't have to be any of the big three so I think that you know first off Marcus Smart just needs to play more consistent I mean in the heat series he was either on or off and so if he's able to play consistent hit those shots play really fantastic defense not commit as many turnovers he can really be a great asset for the Celtics team but he needs to be able to do that first and foremost especially against a fantastic guard rotation of the Warriors and um, also another Celtic guard that's important is uh Derek White, you know, he needs to play great defense on Poole, on Curry, on Clay, you know, and I think it's, those are the two main people that I think you need to have great series in order for the Celtics to win. Definitely. Uh, definitely want to echo the comments about Marcus Smart with uh, Steph in particular. He can be such a superstar, and we've seen, even though sometimes he appears a little bit washed, we've definitely seen glimpses of greatness and uh, point uh, points where he shows where he like why he deserves to be there which was playoff prime in the past I think another player in the Celtics is uh, Robert Williams uh, really important rim presence and we saw that his injuries really impacted the series especially against the Bucks and the games where he wasn't available and um, I believe he wasn't available in some of the Heat games and allowed Bam to actually gain a lot of points and uh, the Warriors when they're not shooting too seem to be heavily dependent on their wings uh, for cutting for their motion based offense and with a player like Robert Williams, 
could really disrupt the flow of their offense in addition to the offensive rebounding points that you made. Yeah, I agree with Tony. Uh, <laughs> I think from the Celtics standpoint, something we haven't talked about a lot is Derek White. Um, he's like the sixth man coming off the bench. I mean, Derek, you think he's a great defender. I would say he's like probably an average defender at best. I mean, not great, but like he's all right. Like, he's all right. He's like a second him. guard. I mean, he's like a real point guard, whereas Marcus Smart's like just like an amazing player turned into a point guard. But um, Derek White has been really good from three in game six and seven. Uh, I believe he scored like 20-plus in game six, which was huge, um, especially trying to take the load off Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, when those guys are on. But what do you guys think? Derek White, X-Factor in the series? Um, hi, guys. I'm back, by the way. Um, I think Derek White is going to need to, um, depending on how many minutes he gets, his minutes have been fluctuating. Like He saw a lot of minutes in the Bucks series, um, and then obviously he had that big game six performance. Um, I think depending on how many minutes he gets, he needs to play well. So I think he was averaging like around 12 minutes or something like that. He needs to make every one of those minutes count. He needs to put like, you know, do what he does best. He needs to shoot three well. Um, but I think he is a big X factor. So yeah, so we've gone through our guys. What, what about, I know you have one in particular. Though. On the Celtics or in that series? On the Warriors. Uh, I'm series. a big Andrew Wiggins fan. I think, um... I think he's an elite player. I think he's the guy that really is the X factor of the entire series. Um, I mean, we've seen his athletic athletic abilities, his freakish dunks. I mean, he did put uh, uh, Luke in a poster last um, last series. Yeah, um, I think he needs to also. You know, he's been averaging around like. I don't know. He can only score 19 points. I think if he can... Uh, I think he's averaging 13 points per game in the playoffs. If he... If, <laughs> except he, at the end, he was playing well. He That's needs true. to... Um, I think if he can up his scoring production, I think he's going to be... A, he's a legit player. Yo, do you think he locks down um, any of, of Jalen Brown or Tatum at all? Like, do you um, think... Is I, he the best guy you throw at Tatum? I think you have to. I mean, he's... He has the height advantage over Tatum. He's got to. I... Right? No. Does he not? I think he he's 6'7", Tatum 6'8". Oh, like wingspan. He's got a long wingspan. Um, I, I, it's hard to lock down Tatum, but I think he'll you know, at least limit him, maybe contain him. I mean, I don't think Tatum will be... I don't think he's going to score like 10 points a game. I still think he's going to score his freakish 30 to, 20 to 30 points. But I think you know, if you can keep him in the low 20s, like, that's I mean, the best you can do. And make, you know, make Jalen Brown make, uh, I mean, not Jalen Brown, but make Marcus Smart score, you know, make Derek White score off the bench, like, you know. Yeah, talking about Marcus Smart, I feel like he's so important that we need to do a full segment (laughs) on him, but, um, Derek, I know you're a huge Marcus Smart supporter, like me, but, like, what's your, they've heard, like, everyone's heard my take, like, the last three podcasts, I've gone on and on about Marcus Smart. I feel like we need to hear from, Tony, I know you've got a hot take about Marcus Smart. You have to. Uh, I like he's been fine. I think he's been super inconsistent. They shouldn't have the ball in the fourth quarter, other than to pass it to one of the stars. <laughs> that is so disrespectful. <laughs> that is so disrespectful. He had like at least two opportunities to seal the game, and just was not that guy. And I think he needs to stop playing hero ball in those final moments and give it to someone like Tatum, which he did during the Nets series. Yeah, are you yeah. referencing the game? Are you referencing the play where? Like, I forgot what... It was against the Bucks, 
where he was dribbling up with like seven no. seconds left and no, I Drew Holiday around... knocked the ball away. Oh yeah, no, he he's he did, repeatedly yeah. cost the game. There was also instances <laughs> where he went for layups and was blocked by Drew Holiday in that same series mm-hmm. where he's he's been making large mistakes, which I think is partially due to his uh, inexperience with a primarily offensive role, and he's been mainly like a defender or a facilitator and not really like been the guy to give it to in those moments of time. I think uh, sometimes he thinks he's the next coming of Jordan and just takes these like crazy, crazy shots. Uh, it's just unreliable. Yeah, but those corner it's threes. He spaces the floor out so well, dude. Oh, yeah, the corner threes. The corner yeah. threes are a shot, man. When he's making those, Celtics are so hard to beat. Yeah, I, I mean, the key qualifier is when he's making them, and it seems like it's not very often. Yeah, I agree with both Derek and Tony. Um, I've been looking back at his um, statistics, and he's taking more shots than Jalen Brown is, and Jalen Brown is significantly a better player, offensive player than he is. Um, and um, I just don't think like like you can allow that to happen, especially against the Warriors who at any point in time can go down and make a three. Like you need to have the your best players shooting the shots and if Marcus Smart is averaging five well, okay. five more shots than Jalen Brown we've got problems. Okay, but what about this? Okay. Like I think everyone would agree that the Warriors defensive strengths are probably on the wing with their depth. Like, in terms of guards, like, they're not the best at, like, guarding good point guards. I mean, like, Luka's its own thing. But, like, Curry is probably not going to be on. He might actually be on smart, to be honest. Uh, I, I think it's or a pool. Cool, Curry, or, like, a combo or clay or it, something. It, it would probably be Curry because he's probably the worst defender. He does a much better job when it's less <laughs> one-on-one and it's more, like, off-ball defending. Like, closeouts, yeah. following his man. like. Uh, but, like, let's just say, like, Who's probably going to be Marcus Smart's primary matchup? Probably Clay or Curry. Clay or Curry, okay, or Pool. Like if and Pool's in, when Curry's out. Like those are solid matchups for Smart, in my opinion. I feel like those are like pretty good, especially when Curry's switched on to him. Like he can, he's stronger than Curry. He can take him to the hoop, and um, guys like Pool, who are just liabilities on on defense for the most part in the pick and roll. I feel like you could also dissect those guys. So I think it's the more favorable offensive matchup for Smart versus like the Heat where they throw around like all these good defensive yards. You got like Lowry, like Oladipo, um, Gabe Vincent, <laughs> Max Struess. But uh, this is a different type of series where I think it's going to be the defensive strength of the Warriors is a lot different than the Heat. And so I think we might see a better Marcus Smart. Um, more like the Marcus Smart we saw against the Brooklyn Nets in, in the first round, which he was really, really good. But Let's go on to some of our predictions. Um, I know, like, I think two podcasts ago, we did our, like, conference finals predictions, and I think both Derek and I were right. We both said Warriors-Celtics. Tony, did you, didn't you say the Mavs? I did say the Mavs. Yeah. The Tony said the Mavs, so Tony's already, like, a step below <laughs> what we're trying to do. But, um, we'll start with Derek, okay? Tell me, who do you think's going to win? Maybe, like, a few reasons why, and then in how many games? Okay, I think the Warriors are going to take this one in five games. Um, I think it's going to be very, very quick, very painless. Um, a couple of reasons. First off, you know, Boston is just extremely fatigued. They have a legitimate seven-man rotation, and they can't play anyone else. They have been in two seven-game back-to-back series, and they have significantly less rest than the Warriors, who are healthy, deep, and have, you know, a lot of a lot of players that they can just throw at the Celtics. And I think that that's, like, a very uh, important, you know, piece of the puzzle. 
Uh, the other thing is that Smart is dealing with a lot of injuries on his right leg. Apparently, he has a quad, ankle, and knee injury on his right leg. So I don't even understand how <laughs> the right leg is. Literally one leg. Like, okay. <laughs> Robert Williams is questionable for game one already. Like, okay, sure. Um, he's gonna be questionable for every game. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's but... questionable every single game of the Heat series. <laughs> but I mean, that limits them to playing like twenty-five minutes a game, which is just like not sustainable against this Warriors team. And you don't want to throw Daniel Tice at Curry. You know, like it's just not what you want to do. Um, and overall. I just think that the Warriors have much more championship pedigree and experience. I think that they'll they'll easily take this. But that's not what Vegas thinks. I just want to put that out there right now. Yeah, the, but the Vegas current odds like... have have the Celtics favored. Yeah, but like, I mean, okay, I'm not. People, let's people hear Yas. I completely agree with Derek. I think Golden State, and I also have been saying five for a while now. That's just not um, true. I can't possibly um, true. You were the biggest Celtics guy. No, I was not. I was a Heat guy. Okay, I hate I'll Boston. I hate <laughs> Boston fans. Is any of you guys are watching? <laughs> um, I think um, I mean, Derek summed it up pretty well. Um, I again think Andrew Wiggins needs to score. I think he needs to contain Tatum. Um, I think, as Smith mentioned, the defensive um, matchup for Marcus Smart is going to be a little easier than it has been, which my fear is he's going to get more comfortable taking threes and other shots, and he's just not good enough to carry a team on their on his back. And I think that um, like he's already shot more shots than like Jalen Brown has in multiple games, and Jason Tate, even Jason Tatum in multiple games. And I think this is only a reason for him to shoot more, and I think that actually hurts the Celtics. Um, so that's why I think... And again, as Derek said... Golden State does have more, you know, playoff champion experience, and like they still have Steph and Clay are still Steph and Clay. Like it doesn't hasn't changed. Yeah, I recently commented on a Celtics fan post Warriors and five, and I will stand by my statement. <laughs> the Warriors are gaining much more depth with the return of Gary Payton Jr. and uh, what or Gary Payton two, not Jr. and uh, what's his name, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, they've had much easier series, which was physical. The Celtics are beat up. They're also really tired. The Warriors' offense just depends a lot less on individual players performing well and just more collectively, which they've been doing. Their chemistry is like, probably through the roof right now. They're looking much like the old dynasty we saw before. Uh, I think a lot of people skew it because of the advanced statistics, but it. Uh, I've seen really mixed things about the Vegas odds, and ultimately... Uh, I think the Warriors, even if they lose a few games, lose a, one of the home games, uh, or sorry, one of the away games, I think they'll ultimately take the series in yeah. at least five or six games. I hate to do this because it's kind of boring, but um, yeah, I mean, everyone picked the Warriors in five here, and like that's what I'm going to pick as well. I feel like Warriors in five. Like, Wait, Warriors with us? Oh, dude, I put on the Warriors. I said, dude, I said Warriors in five before the conference finals. You did. The Warriors, to me, the Warriors have been the best team in this playoffs, like, hands down. Think about the series they played, okay? Against the Nuggets, they dominated. I think they swept them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or against, no, they, 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 or they, they maybe game. dropped Jokic, one game. Yeah, Jokic yeah. Like a 40 And, like, against the Mavs, <laughs> against the Mavs, they were just, again, like, Luka tried his best, but even his best wasn't good enough to compete and take it to more games. But the Warriors, to me, have so much depth. And they have, offensively, they can go to, like, two or three guys on the court in any of their lineups, any of their rotations. Um, their depth at the wing position, like, I think is perfect matchup for the Celtics because they have guys like Wiggins, Kaminga, 
Um, even like Draymond can match up with wings, which the strength of the Celtics is obviously their wings. And so you would expect that the Warriors need to have some sort of like barrage they could throw at him there. And then as much as I love Marcus Smart, I don't think his heroic efforts are going to be enough to take the Celtics to even push it to six or seven games. The Warriors have too much depth. Curry's playing out of his mind. Hopefully Klay Thompson's going to look like the Klay Thompson in game six of like every series they've played so far and not like the Klay Thompson in like the first three games of every series. But with that being said, it's kind of interesting that we're all in agreement here. I feel like that wasn't the case in the conference finals. I like, feel like that's never been the case. I don't think it's ever. History of our like, podcast. Yas and I have been doing this podcast for like, what, two, two years, years now? now and we I don't think we've ever agreed. I like anything. Like even like a national championship where it's one team and like we're like guessing yeah, score. Like, like, it's like we're talking about like we matched the exact series. We all had Warriors in five. And I don't think I didn't talk about it with anyone. Really. And I feel I like what it. this means is that the Celtics are just going to win. In Celtics yeah. and we're gonna look like. I mean, I, there definitely is a case for the Celtics. I saw a graphic today that the Celtics have the highest point differential on the road against the Warriors with seventy three points. Every other team is negative, and they have a they they also have a really good offense designed against the Warriors in particular. And like, there is definitely a contrarian case for the Celtics winning the series. Real quick, do you guys see the the? tweet or whatever that Steve Kerr that said that like he stole all his plays from Brad Stevens or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> like they like asked him in a press conference like he's like how do you like how do you model your offense and, and he's like yeah we just take all our plays from Brad Stevens like he does a great job drawing them up. <laughs> and I was like okay. But anyways I feel like what this shows I mean we've been really good with our picks so far in the finals and so Vegas has the Celtics win the series. I feel like that I don't know Yas you're a big gambler out here. Like, are you are you taking uh are you taking the Warriors? Um, I think I am going to take the Warriors. I think I'm going to double. I'm going to take the Warriors like straight up, and then I'm going to take the Warriors to win 4-1 to one in the series. Um, I think the odds are pretty good. It's like plus 450 or something like that. You know, I think that's pretty good nice. value. Okay, I think that's uh, yet our predictions. We'll probably follow up with maybe like another podcast. Or what? Wait, I got one real quick question. Who do you think has the best finals performance? Ooh. What one player do you think... Not as the X Factor. I never have to start. So I'm gonna start now. Dominates. Um, who, who dominates? I mean, I think because I think the Warriors are gonna win. The, the obvious guess is Curry, um, but I'm gonna give a little bit more nuanced answer like I usually do, <laughs> and I'm gonna say Draymond Green. I think he's gonna be really good on the defensive end of the ball. I think he's gonna <laughs> just like help run that. I mean, think about it. Though. Every series that the Warriors end up looking really good in, Draymond's been like the silent hero, like. Basically every series dating back to like the first Warriors ring, he's just so like influential to this team. He does so much on the defensive end of the floor, so much even on offense with his broken jump shot. But <laughs> I'm gonna say Draymond, Derek. Um, I mean, if we're talking about like single game performances, I think I'm gonna go with Clay. I think he's gonna drop like 40 in a game and just like have the best performance of the series. Uh, I think I would. I'm gonna go with Tatum. I think there's gonna be at least one game where he just takes over and. For single game, but I, I would have to agree with Curry for the series. I think obviously, this, or unless they double team him, in which we might see someone else step up more like Wiggins or Poole or Clay or something. Um, I'm going to go bold here, and I'm going to say, as I've said, he's the X Factor. I'm going to Andrew Wiggins. It's gonna <laughs> okay, okay, but I'm going to ask you a question though. Like, how many points does Andrew Wiggins need to drop in a single game to gain like 
whatever your question is. I think if he drops 30 and can defend... Wiggins dropping 30. <laughs> hey! Wait, <laughs> he Derek, look this, look this up, please. Yeah. When was the last time Wiggins dropped 30 in an NBA game? His playoff I, high is, is His playoff high is... No, 25. No, now it's 25. It's got to be some regular season, like, 2018 or something, right? On, on the Timberwolves or something. And... No, I mean, it was 2021. Actually? Yeah, November 21st. Against who? The Raptors. Uh, and I, I, I think he's been stepping up as of late. I, I think he's going to step up in the finals. 30 points, dude. I think he's going to have 30 points. I think he's going to have a double-double. <laughs> a double-double? Wait, oh, wait, wait. So 30 30 is it like a 30 points with the rebounds? Or is it like a, 30, or is it like a separate game with a double-double? Or like... One game where he scores 30 points. 30 and points? Like, like, he's the man of that game. Like, 30 okay. points. Like, he's okay, not. Yo, why not triple double? Yo, so well, I want you to know. I mean, because what are the odds he gets a triple Wiggins has uh, three 30 point triple doubles. Or not double. Th- three 30 point double doubles in his career. <laughs> and four 30 point games with the Warriors. This would be so. huge. Okay, right. this is, this is betting, <laughs> betting advice, by the way. So, I think. <laughs> this I, is a prop bet. I think he's due. He's due for one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like we're getting a little bit off the rails here, so. That that being said, uh, we'll probably do another one of these, maybe like midway through the series. I don't know, game yeah. game two, if we, if we expect the Warriors in five. We'll see how the first few games go, but um, I hope everyone enjoys um, the start of the NBA Finals. We're all pumped and ready to go. Uh, thanks for listening, and yeah, see you all uh, sometime next week.